0: Thank you for tuning in to the Fitness Business Secrets podcast. We make these episodes because we want to see fitness business owners win. We want to see you help more people. We're on a mission to collectively coach 1 million people per day to reach their health and fitness goals. Now, guys, we make these episodes for free and we only have one thing that we ask from you. If you get value from today's episode, please share it with someone else in the fitness community. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up,
1: guys, and welcome to today's episode of Fitness Business Secrets. I'm your coach, Brad Bedford, and today really excited to have a good friend of mine, um, you know, from the Perth fitness industry, Brendo McCormack. Brendo, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Brad, thanks for having me on, man. Man, really, I'm really excited for this episode, guys, and, um, and I've known Brendo for, for many, many years, and I you know, got speaking to some coaches inside the group, and we're speaking about personal branding, and straight away, Brendo, you're, you just sort of popped in to my head and that's what we're going to discuss in a bit of detail today guys is personal branding but before we sort of dive into it brendo give it the, the people that may may not know sort of who you are and your background because it's very um you know vast and broad across the fitness industry A quick you know two minutes three minutes so you know what sort of things you've done to sort of bring you to where you are today
0: yeah for sure so it is it's true so it's very diverse and what i find is in perth i'm like a b-grade celebrity especially in the fitness scene but as soon as i venture outside of perth i'm like captain nobody and nobody knows me and i'm sure that we'll go into this with um uh uh, with personal branding as well so i initially started in the fitness industry when actively working when i was eighteen. Um, and I started um, because I just wanted to sell protein. Like I would wag school in college um, and uh, go to the gym instead and then go to the supplements shop afterwards. And in my last semester, I had something like 32 unexplained absences. And they're like, hey man, you're not going to finish year 12 unless you do another unit of work experience. And I was a horrible student, but a great worker. So I ended up doing work experience at the supplement store that I used to go hang out at. And then at the end of um, my work experience, that turned into a full-time job. So that's actually how I got started. So when I was 18, I was living my dream and I was selling protein and uh, in a supplement store before it was cool. And then from there, I ended up becoming a rep, which is when I flew over to Perth because I grew up in Canberra um, and that was my first rep job. Um, And then from there, I moved to Sydney for um, two years where I was a rep over there and then came back and I've pretty much been in Perth ever since, which is, I think, 16 years in total now. Um, so initially in my fitness career days, um, I just built a big network and I got to see so many people, met so many people, um, just from being a rep and being out there and being really active and just being someone that would just go out there and give value and give as much as myself as I could. Um, I guess things blew up for me and I became more well-known when I launched Perth Fit Fam, I think around 2016, 2017. And that ended up growing to becoming the biggest city-based um, uh, city-based fitness community in the country and probably one of the most impactful looking at it in the world as far as like a city-based uh, community, fitness, well, um, uh, fitness community. And the idea from that came from I had all these networks and I saw all this stuff and whether it was from bodybuilding to CrossFit to powerlifting to Olympic weightlifting to jungle body to just whatever it was, all the different gym owners. I kind of knew everyone and I was like, man, there's so much cool stuff out there. How can I let other people see what I know? And then that's how that content uh, platform started. And it just built up from there. And over the years that I did that, I grew a bigger and bigger network and obviously became an authority within the industry. And that opened me up for many different opportunities. Um So probably the more recent one was a dating app for fitness people, which was eventually called Fitify. Yeah, and that came about because I had a FitFam. I had a big audience. I was engaged with it. I was known. And I just kept on getting asked questions like, because I have a wife and we met in the fitness industry, and I kept on getting asked questions through, like, Instagram um, Q&As, like, how do you meet, um, what's your suggestions for meeting other fit people but not on Tinder and Bumble? And it was off one of those questions, and the penny just dropped. And I was like, oh, this is actually, like, an issue in the industry. Oh, sorry, not in the industry, just in general, that. People who are into fitness want to date other fit people except they have a poor experience on the current dating apps. So this joke ended up um, raising a bunch of funding, building a minimum viable product, um, bringing on former data team of Bumble, bringing on developers who ended up working, well, sorry, who worked with... um, the likes of Manchester City, Kanye West, Ferrari, and then ended up scaling from Perth around Australia and is now now, uh, uh, all through UK um, and they're just uh, starting to expand out globally. So... That was cool. And that kind of put Perth Firm on hold um, um, at that point in time. And then just before I had um, my daughter 12 months ago, I actually exited out of the business and sold my shares at that point in time. And so that was my experience, which is something I always wanted to do. I was a big fan of Tim Ferriss and that whole startup world was to go through that um, lean startup process, build an app, sell it. And I got to do that. Um, And then since then, real briefly to close it off is I recently worked for a business that just opened uh, and I was kind of at the ground level of this project. Which was um, opening up a two and a half thousand square meter gym, so I was the general manager of the company. Um, yeah, so I got pretty diverse uh, oh and I should mention I'm also the F45 playoff champion too. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to throw I can't in there. that one slide. <laughs> and it's it's funny i just rolled in there yeah so (laughs) outside of the business side i also do fitness adventures myself
1: brendo's big claim to fame guys. if you ever head over to his socials every chance he gets there's a picture of him in his in his budgies or an f45 playoff um shout out
0: (laughs) yeah always always and that was like five years ago and it's never gonna die it's never gonna get old for me
1: Never, and you know, I suppose, like obviously, like going in personal branding. I still remember back in the days, you know, when you, know, you were known as like the true protein guy, right? anywhere, literally mm. everywhere across the Perth fitness scene, you know, way before Perth Fit Fam was even even a thing. That sort of, I suppose, really blew it up in you know mm. your personal branding in Perth. Mm. But a lot of I suppose people now in the the fitness space, you know, gym owners, personal trainers. Such a big aspect of them building their business is personal brand. Mm. So, like, what are some things that you sort of did know from the start? And I know you're still, you know, still very heavily involved in building your brand now. Some big go-to's I think help set up a foundation for you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, um, so that was Body Science back then. <clears throat> so, how I said I was a rep, Body Science was actually the company I was with. And that went back to when I said I was just active and I was everywhere. I took every opportunity a bit, everything that I could to get out there and get amongst um, the scene. Um, and this is like sort of early days of social media where people were still trying to work it out for business. And um, back then, it was just being consistent and um, you know getting content out there consistently. Um, now, if uh, things have definitely changed, but I think that the um, fundamentals um, are still the same. Um, And I'll try and go through a few of those now. So obviously, the first one is consistency, like consistently being active, consistently being top of mind on social media um, rather than being sporadic. And that's one thing that I see is that a lot of people, either they don't invest or they're pretty sporadic with it or... Um, you know, they're not getting in stories or they're not taking advantage of the best things that they can. Um, And I understand is when you're a trainer or when you're running these businesses, it's so easy. Like even for the past nine months, being general manager of the company, putting myself on social media was the least of my concerns at that point in time. Um, And I noticed it because you're not in the market, you're not active and you, you miss a lot of the opportunities if you're just not putting yourself out there for sure. So, consistency I'll definitely create as like almost the bottom of the pyramid. From there, I would say authenticity is key. So, someone who kills it, who's probably done it the best in the past, um, I don't know, let's say five years or four or five years is um, James Smith. Um, so, whether you like him or not, he's had, his, he's had a consistent message, um, which we all know for him, started off with calorie deficit. That was his masterpiece. Um, but he was very authentic to, he, his voice is very authentic to himself. Now, not everyone can be a James Smith. Like everyone has a different edge in the industry. Some people might be more informative based, some people, you know, and educational. Um, for me, I always wrapped my stuff around humor. I wouldn't do something. I didn't want to like big up myself. Um, I Like I, I'm not like, that's, that's not my voice about talking myself up. Unless I can wrap it around a bit of humor or almost like uh, self-deprecation in a way. But that, that's my voice. That's how I did it. Cool. So, I would always try to do something which would provide value because I'm not a coach. Like, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a coach. If I started giving people training advice or nutrition advice, it would be completely inauthentic to my voice. It's not my niche. It's not my thing. Um, I always tried to do humor. Even from a business side of stuff, and this is probably something that I personally like reflecting on, um, thought leadership for me, I think is easy. Um, But if I'm going like delving into business stuff and the things I actually do behind the scenes, number one, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. And um, it's it's not my voice, but it also sort of shoots me in the foot a little bit. Because once I go into a business and I um, and, I, and I rip the business apart and I um, build out their forecasting and I just point holes in all the leaky buckets and then help reverse engineer and build it back out, a lot of people who've known me for years are like, oh, I didn't know that you could do that. And I'm like, no, no that's actually what I do. Like, that's my strong suit. The other stuff yeah. that you see the dude on the microphone, the funny stuff, the buddy smugglers, that's actually like just an extension and it is me. But the actual value from an internal level is the business stuff, the data stuff, the analytics, the marketing side of it. That's actually my really strong suit. Um, so find your voice. Um, there's people, you did say that the audience is all around. So I'll try not to be too focused in Perth, but there's, uh, and, and if they're gym owners and trainers, you um, like informative educational content is like super, super key. And there's people I know because I check out everyone in Perth. I'm onto it. I see who's doing what and I just like kind of see who's doing well. Um, And number one, who's consistent, who's posting good content, um, which I think is engaging and really fits their market um, and who's standing out and becoming like growing into being the next leaders that are coming through. Um, So that's the side of it. And and then I guess I'd say, like, the third thing, and I'll put these together so we can move on, is the quality of content. So you've got your foundation, which is consistency, then you've got your authenticity, and then you've got, like, your content quality. And that's not just shooting on a super awesome Sony um, A7 III, um, although that does look good and it makes your content look better. You can do a lot just from your phone these days. But the quality um, for me is, is it engaging? Um, Is it informative? Is it motivating? Is it inspirational? And the way that I track the quality of that is I just look at my insights. And likes is one thing, comments is one thing, but really the two that I want to see is how many shares and how many saves. Cause they're probably the strongest signals that somebody's found that super valuable and they either save that for later um, or they've reshared it out because it either resonates to them, they think it's valuable, or they think that it's good for their audience and um it's delivered in a way that they are cool with putting that out to their database as well.
1: Yeah, and I absolutely love that. And I think so many people, you know, back when you know Instagram and Facebook first started taking off, it was all about likes. It was mm. you know that's all people cared about. But I think now as people start to understand a bit more about business is those those um shares and those saves are the real indicators of is there actual value? Because just liking mm. something doesn't mean anything. It's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool picture, awesome, whatever. But to actually save it or to share it means that there's value there, which means, again, then you go, okay, I can produce more content similar to this because mm. my audience actually, you know, enjoys it.
0: Yeah, it's so true. So I know that I can do a post with my wife and my baby And it will get a crazy amount of likes. but It will have a smaller, I mean, less people are connecting to me and they're along that Dim Sum journey, which will only make sense if you guys follow me. So, you know, my baby's nickname is Dim Sum and people follow that journey. So, I kind of like play it off against each other where I'm like, okay, there's a lot of personal stuff where I let people see behind the scenes and I let them connect with me. And then when we meet in person or in a business call or something, Like they, they know me and um, we already have that sort of personal connection, but then there's the flip side of that where you want to release stuff, which is also strongly based around your niche. um, And that's the stuff which is probably going to get the shares. And that's the stuff that's probably going to give you more credibility within your space.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's actually one of the points I wanted to bring up, you know, like what What do you think? Obviously, a big thing for like it, like so they go so heavy on the, you know, personal side of things, or they go so heavy on the business side of things. And how have you found like a good balance between, you know, being able to build that personal brand, but also, Mm. you know, showing your personality and a bit of behind the scenes?
0: Yeah, for sure. So for me, with that one, and everyone's different with what they want to share with this. So people separate personal and business. Um, I've never been good at that. Like for me, I've grown up in the industry. It's my whole life. I take everything I do like super, super, super personally. And so it's always just been an extension of who I am. So the the best compliment that I have ever got was actually an investor of one of our businesses. And um, actually, this speaks the power of personal branding. So when we launched Fitify and we were ready to raise our seed fund, Um, And this is just after we had a big PR push After we bought on the Bumble guys. And I knew at that point in time, I was going to get investment. um, And it would just come. And sure enough, we released the PR, um, the press release that we bought on the former Bumble guys. And I got a message. Um, from someone who's just followed me for years, who was a high net worth person, and it was basically along the lines of, "Hey man, I've been following your journey. Um, really impressed with everything. Um, if you're looking at serious investment, let me know. Um, catch and we'll catch up." And twelve hours later, we caught up um, the next morning. We caught up for um, coffee, first time we met, and just kind of went through everything, got to know each other a bit, and at the end of the meeting. Um, he knew everything about me, by the way. He knew my stories, my adventures, budgie smugglers, earth, hit film, all this <laughs> stuff. 45, playoff like he, <laughs> Everything. He knew it. And he was a dude who just followed me. And um, at the end of the meeting, this is the compliment part, is he was like, you know what? You're exactly what I would have expected in person. And I was like, oh, cool. And for me, it was like because there's so much fake shit on social media, right? And you meet someone and they're completely different to what they present, whereas I'm the opposite to that. Like, I just want people to, this is who I am. Like, and then when we meet, um, I'm exactly the same. Um, I'm probably just a little bit shorter than what you think. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it. And I suppose it goes, like you know, sort of you know, where all the of ones go next is a lot of people, I suppose, especially in the fitness space, they want to you know, go in, get leads quickly and get out, right? So mm-hmm. they want, okay, I'm going to do organic marketing. I'm going to go and, you know, join a Facebook group that has my niche in there. I'm going to go through it really quickly and, and get out, which mm-hmm. obviously, as we know, isn't how it works. Mm-hmm. But people are like, okay, how fast can I build up a personal brand? And obviously, as you have you know, been in the industry, you know, since you were in high school, and you're still now building a personal brand.
0: And it evolves. I'll just, I'll just add, it evolves as well. Yeah,
1: because who you are changes, right? And what you're doing yep. changes, and what you want your brand to change. But what would you sort of think, like people that go, "I want to start building a personal brand." Like, how long does it take to start to sort of get that? And I know it's like an endless question; like it's always, always changing.
0: Yeah, it is. So I would say that. Um, well, it depends what that sort of goal is as well. So I would say that it's a never-ending investment if you want to commit to it. Um, and if, but if you shut it off, like you might have credibility. So, for instance, I shut mine off um, almost um, for nine months whilst I was GM. I'm busy. I'm working big, big hours. I had some private clients that I was working with behind the scenes that weren't attracted through that, but they were attracted through you know, 18 years of relationships and they just knew who I was. Um, But it stopped the growth at that point in time. Um, And that's something that I'll adjust now when obviously I'm a different person and the way that I present stuff will change. So realistically, it's never ending. But one thing that I'll say is um, you kind of got two sides with marketing, right? Um, Especially, we'll say Facebook because, you know, there's a lot of agencies that do Facebook ads and it's like, we'll get you X amount of leads and this and this and whatever that is. But... Your best members that you retain or clients that you retain the longest will come from your organic. Um, And the reason why with the lead gen, if somebody doesn't know you or you don't have brand awareness and they get targeted with an ad and they inquire, the likelihood of them actually being your core market and having that trust and building is a lot less likely than people who have followed your journey for a long period of time. Um, Your close rate? on organic will be much higher because they're already sold on you when they come to you. If they're ready to click that button or, you know, link in bio or answer a poll or something on Instagram, they've followed, most likely they've followed you for months or possibly years. And for them to do that, they're ready to go. So I think your close rate will be higher. I think your retention will be higher. Um, it doesn't cost unless you're paying for your, your uh, unless you're paying for your content to get done. And if you don't have time, I recommend that you do that. Um, if you're not going to do it yourself, but if you're on a tuition budget, you can essentially just hustle. Find out your content pillars. Find out what provides value. Um, let it evolve over time. Don't be afraid to put out stuff that flops because it's going to happen. And you don't always knock it out of the park. And then you have your ones that go viral. Um, but then that doesn't happen all the time. But you just consistently build on it and refine, hey, what's my message? What's my voice? Just keep on committing to put the content out there. And as you slowly, slowly build, um, people will come in and then you just ask them, hey, guys, I've got X amount of spots or I've got this offer, you know, click yes or click the link and buy or whatever that is. And I guarantee you that if you build that over time, there's always going to be about 3% of people who see it, who will click the button, who will want to inquire and your close rate will be higher. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, there's another point you can keep on going because I'm going to come back to it. I just it just I just lost it for a second.
1: No, but I, I definitely agree. And it, as Brennan said, like it changes, right? Like again, for me, for the last sort of you know, seven or eight years, it was Brad the gym owner, right? Brad the personal trainer, the guy mm-hmm. who wanted to help people, you know, with strength and conditioning, powerlifting, that sort of thing. And you know, in the last 12 months, sort of you know, since slowly transitioning into you know, more the business coaching space and now very heavily. Um, in that sales coaching realm, mm. my personal identity, if you like, is slowly changing as well as my content because I'm no longer posting stuff in regards to nutrition and, and deadlifting. Now it's, you know, how do you increase your crows rate? How do you get better at closing more sales? So the brand will slowly change as you do. Yes. Again, like the stuff I'm posting personally, you know, before was you know, me down the footy club with the with my, with my clients, you know, because that's where they were, down the footy club, stuff like that. We're very much now, it's you know, with my my wife and my daughter and you know, other business owners. So it's slowly changing as well. So you, know, you can go back and look through someone's content if you can see a shift and you can mm-hmm. sort of see how their journey has changed over time.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's so true. And I think no matter what, you're always going to get people like come, you know, drop off and then new people sort of come and that sort of evolves over time as well, which is cool. One thing which I was going to say with the likes thing is there's a feature now. For a while, they just dropped the likes completely. So, you couldn't see anyone's likes. And then they brought it on. um, So, you, you you can opt whether people can see your likes or not. I actually chose to turn mine off. And the reason I did that was because I didn't want me like my mind to be affected in saying oh I'm chasing I'm gonna post something which strictly gets likes because people are gonna see those likes it gives me freedom to kind of do what I want and not worry about that side of it so yeah it's just that sense of freedom to have fun with the platforms and do what makes me happy um, and also, what fits the vision as well?
1: Yeah, and it's so it's so funny because people so often forget it's called social. Mm. media, right? A Mm. big part of it is to be social and actually, you know, post content, but then also go and interact with content and, you know, make connections because, like, as you said, a lot of these opportunities have opened up because of connections that you've made Mm. through what you've been doing. So I want to sort of speak about, like, what are some ways that you've found really effective to, you know, open up communication channels Mm -hmm. on social media but also outside of social media that's helped, you know,
0: build your network? Yeah, for sure. So, you actually just hit the nail on the head. So, with posting, you've obviously got the consistency, um, the authenticity, the kind of content, but yeah, you've really got to be active. It's not a one-way street. So, when I built Perth Fit Fam initially, I literally sat there for... And I was single at this stage, by the way, without a baby, so I could do it. But I sat there for four hours a day, just engaging in comments. So, it was like, okay... What are the key accounts in Perth? Who are the gym owners? What are the actual gyms? So I followed every single business page, um, all the key people, um, the hashtags. So Perfit Fan, Per Fitness, um, Active in Perth was one back then, and then just the broad ones like all the Perth. So I knew my niche, and I just literally engaged, um, liked, commented, and I and you know just went nuts on it. And the more people that saw. Um, the commenting or the likes or the more people that you connected with, um, the more brand awareness you got. But then people would see the brand that recognize it and then they'll click uh, follow. If you don't engage and you don't invest time into that, then you're going to have a very slow, slow, slow growth rate. Because unless you're hitting banger after banger of viral content... People aren't going to see your stuff. So what I would do is I'd work out, okay, who are the people, the key people within my space? And this is if if a lot of your listeners are like gym owners and um, people who have a location-based business, then it's probably almost going to be refined to certain locations. So there's no point in growing, you know, um, in America if you're from, uh, you know north Beach in uh, your gyms located in North Beach uh, in perth so you kind of want to focus in with those areas um, if you can so it makes sense that you know even if you have 400 people uh, that follow you but they're 400 quality people that are actually relevant to your business is better than having 4,000 and they're scattered all over the globe and they have no you know there's there's no relevancy that they're ever going to make a, a purchase and that's actually actually that was the point which I forgot as well is with personal branding. I think people connect personal branding to the size of the account. And that's not necessarily true. It's to the quality of the account. And something that one person said years ago, and it's always something that stuck with me, like everyone wants to be the the big dog, right? And they want to be seen as like the top dog, the superstar, you know, the celebrity, whatever. And everyone wants to be a world changer. And, you know, I'm doing these massive things. But instead of aiming to be a world changer, why not like start off with a street changer and then a suburb changer and then a city changer and then, you know, build up from there. I love that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, so people shouldn't feel bad if they're not like the king of whatever this is. But if you have a vibrant community and if you're a micro gym and you're impacting, you know, 100 people, let's say on average a micro gym might have um, in that sort of space, and you're helping a proportion of the community and you're doing an epic job and um, your active member rates are high and your retention rates are high and you're earning a good living and you're changing lives, like, that's fucking epic, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, so often, again, people have this vision, they have to do so much. They have to help, you know, 400 people. It's like and if you've got a good network and a good community of people that you're making some massive changes to, and, again, like, Let's be real. That's why everyone gets into the fitness industry and becomes a personal trainer or a gym owner, right? To have an impact on people. They mm-hmm. don't join to, to go and build a personal brand and be a marketer and be a salesperson and all the other things that come along with that. They yeah. they start to make an impact. So as Brenda said, if you can, you know, if you're in a local community. How can you impact that local community? How can you become an authority in that
0: space and make an impact? Then you're well and truly on the way. It's wild, man. So my this is my whole philosophy on the fitness industry, right? So I've grown up in it and it was only maybe three or four years ago that it actually dawned on me that I have this really weird lens of the world. And so my wife's from the fitness industry. All my friends are from the fitness industry. So I have I have this perception that it's not like early 2000s and pre-Ziz era Um, where there was no 24-7 gyms, um, you know, there was no CrossFit, there was none of this. Protein was really, really weird at that point in time. People thought it was buckets of paint. And um, to where we are now, where there's, you know, four gyms on every corner, um, you know, there's everything that you could possibly think of. So, I and, you know, in my mind, everyone's just super, super fit, but that's because that's who I associate with. And it wasn't until I went through... um, I, was a, I think it was Bureau of Statistics um, I can't remember exactly where I got it from but the actual percentage of the population who trains or does and I don't just mean gym I just mean anything active is outside of walking is like uh, around 17% so for me that's like uh, 70 uh, what am I trying to say it's 83% of the population who actually don't do anything active and that my mind. And then when you break it down, a boutique gym um, or a micro gym, their active member rate is upwards of 90%. So probably about 95%, which is like really, really good. In a big box gym, the active member rate is probably between 30 to uh, 20% um, at the lowest. So of this proportion of people who have memberships, a small amount of them are actually using that. So us as an industry And people say competitive, people say whatever, I disagree. I think there's like 73% of the population, not worry about keto, not worry about this, not worry about that, not worry about carnivore, literally just move and make the country a fitter, fit a healthier place, and everybody wins.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. And we hear it so often. It's like, oh, man, the market's just saturated. Like, all over my social media is just PTs. And it's like, yeah, because that's the space that you're in, right? The you IT me? guy
0: says the same thing
1: <laughs> because that's yeah. the space
0: you in. It's this it's, it's echo chamber, right? It's this echo chamber we live in. It's right. And that's 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 pretty much my page. That's, that's all I see, right? But it's so small. So if you can grasp that concept... And if you could understand, okay, I'm going to start off as a community changer within my space. And everyone has this idea. Number one, we improve more people's lives. We close the gap on that 83%. We make the country a better place. Financially, those business owners win as well. And there's room for everyone to win. But to get there, you need to be a better business owner. You need to be a better marketer. You need to focus. Like, this is your obligation. If you're not doing well, like, I hate to say it, it's on you. Because if you do these things well and you focus on building a solid community with a high retention rate, which is authentic within the community as well as online, um, everyone can succeed. And if you're a good marketer, and I know you do sales, and if you know how to, um, I don't want to say persuade because that's like a negative thing, but if you know how to guide people into getting their good results then you're doing your job to close that gap as well. And I think that's a responsibility that we have.
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, you know, people say, oh, there's you know, four gyms on every corner. There is, but there's 10 fast food restaurants on every corner, right? So Dude. we need to look at our, our competition Mm. differently like everyone's like, oh man, there's so many gyms, they're our competition. They're definitely not our competition. You know, the number the statue just gave us the mm. competition is these mass corporations of fast food restaurants that, you know, essentially are you know poisoning the community um mm. you know through the the food and things they're giving you know everyone. So that we need to focus on that 83% that's still open. It's, again, like yeah. I said, just Get them moving, get them off the couch, get them mobile because if we want to have a massive impact in the world, and again, everyone that is in the fitness industry does, Mm. and we need to focus on that 83%, not that small percentage.
0: Yeah, the thing that really got me with this as well, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent um, a little bit with it. So um, when I built Fitify, I shut So Perfect Fan for me was the best thing I ever did as far as community impact and just something that like really changed things in a positive way and it was put on ice. And the thing that really like drove me because I knew I had unfinished business there um, that drove me to say, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it in a different way. It actually was during COVID um, and the lockdowns and whatnot, I didn't get to help as many people out as what I would have liked. Um, you know, I had different obligations at that time, but I had a lot of people come to me that were suffering either with business, not knowing what to do, and I'd reach out and I just had an open door and I said, okay, just come and see me and I'll guide you through your stuff. And so I um, did that, but not to the level that I would have liked Um, But what really got me was there was a post on, I think, the government page, which was saying how, um, how Perth had world leading vaccination rates. And I saw that. And um, this isn't a vaccination conversation, by the way, but I saw that I went, okay, cool. Like, I get that. That's good. But imagine if that post was Perth had the lowest diabetes rates, Perth had the lowest um, obesity rates, Perth had the highest amount of people who were active. And I went, that's your fucking mission. Like, that's what needs to change. Not an intervention, but like people actually make the, the decision and being inspired that, hey, I can do this. There's a Pilates studio, there's a yoga studio, there's a nutritionist, there's a gym, there's something that tickles my pickle enough that is going to get me off the couch and go and live a better life.
1: Yeah, and I absolutely you know, couldn't couldn't agree more, you know. We're focused on, you know, these things is like, how can we be known again? Like, and this is, you know, we speaking about Perth cause that's where he's located, but you know, how can you have this? If you're in a local area, no matter where you are in the world, how mm-hmm. can you, you know, be, you know the gym that helps the most people? How can you be the gym that, you know, you may have people in the gym that come and train, but you might enjoy Cycling, hey, put a post up. See if you there's some other people that want to come and ride a bike with you on a Saturday. How can mm-hmm. you impact your community on a on a bigger thing to help serve whatever your mission is? And everyone's mission is different, right?
0: Yeah. And I just realized that this conversation's gone very off personal branding and just very much on industry stuff. That's
1: all right. That's all right. But it's still again, <laughs> it's still it's still on brand, right? Because again, like we're all in this and want to make an impact and yeah, it's
0: about people yeah. finding what they enjoy. You might own an essence. People are, people are right now experiencing my personal brand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this, is, this, 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 this is my mission. I said everyone has a voice. Like, this is my mission. This is the shit that, like, keeps me up at night, that makes me think, that gets me excited. Hey, there's a problem to solve, which is going to improve the world. And how are we going to do this? How can I do this on my level as far as, like, my reach? how can you guys do this and in, if it resonates how can you do this on your level because that's number one going back to social media and personal branding number one that's probably going to give you your content pillars whatever you know whatever fight you're going to do really easily content pillars <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which gives you your consistency, and you just got to keep on putting your mission out there um, in a way that is okay. How can this inspire people um, in a really good way, motivating, inspirational, educational way? That they go, "Hey, these guys are great. They know what they're doing. They really care about their members. They've got a great community. I want to be a part of this."
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: you, and 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 if it's personal branding, then obviously whoever that person is out here, if you're the gym owner, the trainer, you're obviously the leader of that crusade within your area.
1: Yeah, I love it. And so I was speaking to a you know, coach the of day, new to the industry, and you're saying like, oh, I've got to go and move house. I'm like, you know, I'm opening a gym in my local area and I just want to go to the shops and not see all of my clients. And that yeah, just wow. like, blew my head, right? I'm like, bro, that's what you want. You want to go to the shops and you, know, you want to see all your clients. You want to be... That mm. person that's you know helping all of these people make a change and be that authority in your local market. Um, mm. And once sister sort of got chatting about, he's like, "Man, I can't believe I was thinking about moving out of my
0: local area." Yeah, uh, it's, cr- it's just crazy, right? It's yeah, it's wild. I love catching up with people who, um, especially for like the first time. And, um, like, they follow you, you've done something, they know about it, and they come up to you and then they start telling you about it. Initially, it was real weird, um, especially for me as things started to blow up. Um, except you kind of get used to it, um, like at my level. And that was at a very, like I said, B-grade level. Um, it was weird, but then you realize, oh, no, people really appreciate what you do and there's a message or there's a mission that you're doing and they really want to be a part of that. And for me, that was cool. I love and because it gives me a chance to find out about them and actually chat to the people face-to-face to face um, as opposed to just having this weird sort of digital thing going on. Um, I think that's awesome. And these are the real relationships. That's so why I'm 18 or 19 years in this year. Um, oh, that's scary. I'm 19 years in. Um, and um, these are relationships that I've built and that I still have these networks now that we can call each other up after all these years, that we have business deals that we can help each other with and network um, with each other and help Um, partner to provide solutions to whoever we're working with in that point in time.
1: Yeah, and it just goes like, you know, you and I, I think the last time we saw each other was pre-COVID, you know, at at an event we saw each other. um, Just pre-COVID, yeah. And then obviously we, we chat, you know, once or twice a year through social media. But then it was like, hey Brendo, want to jump on a podcast? Like, yeah, bro, I'll book in. Like, when can we do it? So again, it's just that network and having that trust and those relationships with people is mm. when you do have questions or you, know, you need a favour or things like that, you can reach out to those networks. So I think having a network mm. of you know professionals as coaches, if you are a gym owner, that you know, but also your network as clients is also very important because you may have a, a client that you're not sure how to help, but you know that. You know, Brad in Perth is a specialist in that. If you've got that relationship, hey, Brad, I've got this client, man. I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z. Do you have any ideas? They're going to help you know, educate you and grow you as a person as
0: well. Dude, I do that all the time. I just like just refer people out. I'm like, hey, man, this is the best person to go speak to in this area. This is the best person in this area. I do it all the time. Yeah, it's awesome,
1: mate, Brendo. It's been an absolute pleasure. Obviously, we started off on personal branding, and you know, went off a bit. But that's that's what happens with our our conversations quite often. If if people want to sort of catch up with you on socials, Brendo, so get to sort of see what you're doing with your personal brand and what's to come for Perth, Fit and that. Where's the best
0: place for them to get hold of you? Oh, dude, best place just Instagram. If you look, if you just type Brendo. I'm gonna be the first person who pops up. I guarantee that. Um, and there's a reason why I call my oh, personal branding. So my name, real name is Brendan, but I needed my domain and I needed every single um, every single social media. So Brendo became my name, and so everyone just knows me in the industry as Brendo, which works out great for me. So Brendo McCormack, Instagram, probably the best way. And um, you guys can come follow some fitness and uh, dim some adventures as well. Yeah. Bruno, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Again, you know, so
1: good to see you. Obviously, we're over in Sydney um, this week, actually. Tomorrow, it's I head over right. to Sydney for the- Yeah, show. I head over Wednesday. Um, really excited. it be my first time um, actually presenting as a you know, business coach rather than just personal training. So really excited for that. And we're going to catch up over there. Um, and guys, if, so if, good, if you, you want to catch more you know, content like this or videos in regards to helping you grow your business, head on over. We obviously have a free Facebook group. Fitness business secrets. We're putting content in there every day to help you guys grow your health and fitness business completely free. Come over, build some relationships, network. You know, grow your professional network you have. You know, in the industry. Um, so we'd love to see you over there, Brendo.
0: It's been awesome, mate. We'll speak again very soon. Awesome, thanks, Brad. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the description below, there's a link where you can join our free Facebook group where we produce longer form content and give away valuable resources to help your fitness business grow. There's also six of our best downloaded resources. So go below and check it out now. And guys, we make these episodes for free free for you. Make sure that you've taken notes and you're ready to take action. And if it added value to your life, to your business, please share it with someone else in the fitness community.